And so that's the thing, man, is hustling, getting out there and not accepting. Um, I'm not saying don't accept the no's because my thing is when somebody says no, you just got to move on to the yes, right? Somebody out there wants what you have to put out. So get to that yes, hustle until you find it and make sure that you're putting yourself in the right position. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Clint McPherson. Clint is a veteran who saw his ability to navigate the digital marketing world after he left the military and started his own agency. He is now taking his time and efforts to amplify his entrepreneurial podcast as well as start a construction company. Interesting guy. You're going to want to listen to it. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to have Clint McPherson here. I haven't known Clint for very long, but what I've known from him so far, I'm just amazed. He's an awesome individual. Clint, why don't you jump in here? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Trent, appreciate you bringing me on, brother. And yeah, about me. My name is Clint McPherson, like Trent just said. Um, guys, I'm a digital marketing um, agency owner and been in the was in the military previous to that. Just started another company called Frontline Dirtworks with my um, father, um, a construction company, and just embracing the grind and everyday um, entrepreneurship hustle and journey. Man, loving every minute of it. That's great. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things that you either love it or you hate it. And you know what? There's days where you hate it, but it's it's part of the journey. It's part of the fun of uh, being an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, w- I would agree, brother. I mean, I would agree that the whole like uh, the, the love hate relationship in it from time to time. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it's just like anything else you do, though, right? You want to pull your hair, hair out from time to time. But man, at the end of the day, the hustle and journey is all worth it, I'm sure. Yep. Yeah, it's worth worth the trials because you know what? You, you get to live your dream. And you know what? We talked a little bit before this. This wasn't always your dream. You know, you weren't always wanting to be an entrepreneur. About what time frame did that switch for you where you decide, you know what, this is something I do want to do? I mean, that's a, that's a good question, man. I don't get that asked a lot. But when, 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 it, when I came down to it, it, re- it really was from my time in the military. Um, I was not the kid that had the lemonade stand or anything like that. Um, I wasn't entrepreneurial minded. I wasn't around a family that was really entrepreneurial minded, right? At individuals, everybody seemed like they were just, you know, when you get indoctrinated into the system, everybody's going to school, everybody's doing this, or you have family members. I was the first family member that I can, that I can remember that actually graduated college, right? So not many of my family members that of my immediate family and, and close family that I that grew up around me um, was familiar with, you know, going to college. And so I was the first one to go graduate and do all that. Um, after that, though, shortly as a marketing manager and then joined, joined the military and then 10 years of experience in there, right, really taught me the leadership qualities and instilled in me the, the discipline and the values that I needed to be successful. Um, and so this toxic leadership that I saw in the military, um, and coming out of that from the transition after I got injured, um, in Afghanistan and then recovering and doing all that stuff and multiple surgeries later, here I am having to make a decision whether to stay in the military or, um, pursue civilian life. 
I chose civilian life and to um, embrace my family because there was a disconnect there. Um, I, you know, fell into a bout of depression, played the, hey, man, I was the infantry officer type A personality. Um, and it just I was going down a dark road that I didn't need to go down. And, and I chose my family over that dark road, fortunately. And here I am today, man. And the entrepreneurship game again, it was it was bred from seeing all that toxic leadership. Right. And then having that drive while I was in the military to be better than that other guy that was my leader. Um, and then just getting out and seeing how big the, the digital marketing game was. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I became passionate about that. And I was like, man, I can start a business around this easily. I'm seeing all these people do this. Um, and it, I knew it wasn't a get, get rich quick scheme. Right. But at the end of the day, it was more like I can make this happen because I understand it. Um, and then that's really where it came from, brother. That's very cool. Yeah. Three tours. I, uh, I've got to say thank you on behalf of everyone here in the United States. I appreciate that you were willing to do that for us. Um, but I want to talk about kind of that transition. You know, that's, that's really a difficult thing for a lot of people to transition from military work experience to civilian work experience. Can you speak to that a little bit? Oh, for sure, man. I, I know this is a t- touchy subject for some, and, and it's it's one of those things that um, I think leads to a lot of the suicides we see in the military. Um, because when you when you transition, it, I think a lot of the the individuals, and I can't speak for everybody, but this is just from my viewing um, and being in the military and seeing guys be depressed because I was there. It's finding that purpose, right? Getting out and when you're in the military, you have a purpose. You're all rowing the boat together. You're striving for that common goal to defeat the enemy, to do whatever it is, right? Accomplish the mission. You get out and that stuff stops, right? You, you go from 100 miles an hour. Everything when I was in combat, the first, the first trigger pulled, you go from zero to 100 before you can blink an eye, right? And, and, being, and, and having that natural adrenaline come through on such a regular basis when I was deployed, it's hard to become normal again. You know, you come back and, and everything's just so slow here. Even though when you're deployed as Groundhog's Day, you miss your family. It's just not as fast paced. You don't know how to relate to the common man anymore or your family at that. For me, it was one of those things of reconnecting. And I still to this day have trouble and a problem emotionally trying to connect with people that are emotional or, 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 or have feelings, right? Because in this PR world right now, a lot of people get in the feelings and it's hard for me to emotionally connect to that degree because I had to separate my, my mind mentally to not set myself up for failure and do the best I could for the people and the, and the soldiers I was leading on the battlefield. So, so that was just, man, it's just one of those things, brother. Um, the whole transition though, I think, I think it's important for soldiers that are making that transition to identify what they did and learn how to translate that over, man, because we do have those leadership skills. Like for me, I had to assess the situation and just because I had a college degree or whatever it is, everybody wants to, wants to say, Oh, he had a college degree. So he was able to do that. Nah, look, man, I was, I didn't want to do like business administration. A lot of accounting goes into that. And I was over that brother. I was like, Nope, let me do something else. So but when you but when you look at it, man, like I led forty soldiers in combat. How can I translate that? I could be a manager in another business, right? Like 
I can manage a team of individuals. I can figure out how to accomplish whatever missions at stake. Because the cool thing about the military is there's so many learning lessons and skills that, that I don't understand when, when the soldiers do get out that they can't translate that. But I think we have to do a better job as leaders. And even me, man, I reach out to soldiers all the time, previous people that I was enlisted with and ask them how they're doing and make sure that they know, like, look, I, you are a squad leader. You are a team leader. You led four individuals. You know how to accomplish a task. Just go out there and make it happen, man, and build your resume from there. And and I think the discipline and dedication you learn in the military helps. I mean, it, it actually benefits you when you go into a job that you have no clue what you're doing, but yeah. you can figure it out because there's a lot of odd job training, same way in the military. Yeah, absolutely. That I think the discipline is a tremendous asset once you're in a job because you know what, not everybody is that way. And you know what, they've, they're used to the slower pace. They're used to, you know, Oh, I can do this much to get by. And so I think those skills really do translate, but you just have to phrase it the right way on a resume or to a potential employer. And that's, that's the difference. Well, the um, thing is, too, the thing is, to the guy, the soldiers in the military, you know, when especially the, the enlisted individuals, right, they come up for promotion. OK, they have to go in front of the command. They have to go in front of the sergeant major. They have to go in front of the first sergeant, all these people and talk to them. And, and basically, like, you've got enough points, but why should you get promoted? Right. And it's like if you can sell yourself to those leaders, you can sell yourself. <laughs> just make sure that you show up. And I think that's half the battle. Show up to your interview and make sure that you're presentable and make sure you sell yourself. And if you can do that, man, I mean, it's, it's, again, you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, you know, over the past several years, there's a lot of a a rise in um, veteran owned and run businesses and, you know, that hire veterans because you know what they, they can relate to them and they know the skill set. They know that they can accomplish anything they put their mind to. For sure. No doubt. But then that's what something you did. You got out into civilian life and said, you know what, I'm going to, I can handle this. I can do this uh, marketing gig. What would you say was your biggest failure in starting that company though? And what, what did you learn from it? So this is a good question too, because when I look at it, man, I was, I was a huge believer into the, the, the whole fake it till you make it persona um, at the time. And I was like, man, I can, I can sit here and, f- and start this business I, while I'm learning. I can, I can, I can present myself because I, I, I really believe it's a lot how you present yourself in front of the people. Are you confident? Are you this? Are you that? But I really, as time went on, I didn't like that mindset, you know, because I, w- I had to do that initially to start my business. But I, but, I, but I looked at it as a learning experience because even though I was faking it, I wasn't making it, right? Like I, it was more of a learning. It was, it was I still didn't know enough um, to really feel confident. So if you ran into that, 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 in, that client that was a sharpshooter that basically has been burnt before and they educated themselves just enough to put you on your toes, that, that fake it till you make it personality or that what you're trying to Azud is definitely going to um, bite you in the butt. And so right. fortunately for me, I never had that happen. I just knew a lot of guys that, you know, were doing similar, had a similar path to me. They had that happen. And so I was like, you know what? Let me reset. I don't even care during this first year if I, if I really make a lot of money. 
let me learn, educate myself and actually become a subject matter expert or an expert on what I'm trying to do locally. Um, learn, learn the lay of the land, figure out what the needs and wants of individuals, business owners locally where I'm living. Um, you know, what do they actually need? And I basically took the first year learning that man and building relationships is huge, right? I think building relationships. Um, and that's why I took the local approach because when I, when I meet somebody or I meet a client, I know we could do a lot of stuff virtually, but man, if you lived here, right. And we're, we're kicking it and it, we can, it's, it's different, right? right. We can build a different bond and a, and a friendship or whatever it is outside of just seeing somebody um, or talking to them on the phone. It's just so much different. Um, and so I, again, man, I saw that local need here um, and I took advantage of it, man. And, and I have not looked back ever since. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're speaking to the local aspect. I mean, you can say, Oh, you, you know, that construction they're having down on main street, how's that affecting your business? You know, just, it's right. easy to relate to somebody in that local market, whereas you can't do that virtually, but virtually right now you were kind of in an unprecedented time in the fact that we can relate to everyone because we're all going through the same, same, uh, crisis in a way right now. Right. So you start your own business and you, you kind of have this, this idea of what it's going to be like, what was a challenge that you never expected to have happen? Well, man, it, it's just, man, you know, and, and I, I don't, it's, it's another thing about the, the build it, they'll come um, mindset that doesn't work. You know, <laughs> you try, you try to pep yourself up, false motivation, whatever it is you get in there and like, man, if I make, if, if I just start this company, it's going to just all work itself out. It doesn't happen that way. Right. And the thing is, I, I did invest in my company going when I initially started. I probably didn't have the amount of money that a lot of people would want to, um, you know, or they would want more than what I did invest into it to, to set them up for success. Because what you, a lot of companies and a lot of people that I was attracting when I started my business were startup companies. And those are okay. individuals that don't realize that you need to market. Um, in a, in a lot of ways, because I was attracting a lot of those. I was new to the area. I was getting a lot of that. So at, the, at first I was like, man, it's money. I'll take it. Right. And I think that mindset and that approach because, oh, it's green. I'll do it. That was not the right approach because it was like, uh, I would um, bypass red flags that clients would throw up. Right. Like I'm like, I should probably not do this or work with this person because I can tell I'm going to have a lot of problems, but Hey, they're going to pay me. So I'm going to do it. No, that is that. I really think that was the biggest struggle and, and the biggest um, hurdle that I had to learn how to um, basically filter the the clients. And, and actually when, when there was a red flag, examine it and seeing if it was a red flag that, you know, okay, I can bypass or red flag. That's I'm absolutely out. I'm not doing this period. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally understand and can relate to that when, somebody's giving you money and you're brand new and you don't have a lot of money coming in. It's like, well, let's, let's take, take this, you know, and there, I definitely applaud the people who have that discipline from the get go. But the most common entrepreneurial story I hear is I didn't take the right clients at first and I was able to narrow it down yeah. over time. And I've got to give you props for, you know, we were talking before this, you, you on your first year, you broke even or came close to it, which right. is 
unusual again yeah, in, yeah. in a small business. And then you made money the second year and you're six figures this year. I've like, that's, that's really impressive for anybody who's starting a small business, especially in, you know, somewhat a new arena for you. I know you had some marketing experience before, but it was a different, different ball game this time around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was just, again, assessing the situation, assessing the needs of the local individuals and actually living up to what you say you're going to deliver. Right. It, it was um, a really, I'm really big into team building. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the military, you have that, right. You, you're, right. you're really dealt the team that you're going to get, but you can help mold that team. Um, as an entrepreneur, you don't have a lot of time to play around with uh, people that, you know, fake a resume or, you know, say they can do something and won't do it. And I spent my first year going through team members and changing them like a pair of underwear, man. And, and, and that shit bothered me, man. Like I was like, this is not cool. Like how, how do you find the right team members? But I think it's right asking the right questions. And once I learned enough of everything that is in my business from search engine optimization to digital, the actual digital marketing as a whole, Mm -hmm. um, how to build websites, how to, you know, look at HTML and and all of the stuff that people like make their eyes go um, cross-eyed. Right. And, and some of the mind numbing stuff, because I, I, some of the stuff is not exciting to me, but the digital marketing as a whole is exciting to me. Um, and so making sure I knew enough to when I'm interviewing somebody, I just hired a virtual assistant for the first time. And that has helped me tremendously. And guys, if you, if, if you're trying to be that one man band, like I was trying to be my first and second year, you're gonna, you're gonna only be able to cap off it so much, right? You're only going to be able to go so far. Because you as one individual can only do so much. Like I can only come up with so many social media posts for one client. Once you, once you times that by 10, that one client, two, three clients, that's easy. Um, but once you, once you get 10 clients or 15 clients and then you're adding SEO in. And now, I'm, I mean, because I'm a full service digital marketing agency. And so we offer a lot of things. And once you start, you know, having a client that wants this and then starts wanting that. And then, okay, I want X, Y, and Z. And you're like, oh, I think I bit off more than I could chew. (laughs) And now you're spending like 24 hours a day with like toothpicks in your eyes to keep your eyes from closing. You're you're Mm -hmm. so tired and mentally exhausted and you don't want no more, man. And so I think I went through so many restless nights like that. And, um, and it was not, I wasn't, it wasn't, it was unhealthy. Right. Um, I wasn't getting the sleep I needed because I was trying to deliver. I was trying to over deliver and I was trying to make sure the product was high quality. But man, once I realized like I have to have a team that solely focuses on social media, I have to have a team that solely focuses on my podcast. I have to have a virtual assistant write all the content for this website. Right. Like and just figuring out ways that you can divvy up the task so you can stay in your genius and do what you're good at. Me, fortunately for me, is when I sit down with somebody and I'm pitching them, majority of the times, I mean, my first, my second year, my first year, I didn't spend much time out generating business. I was learning because I knew like, I was like, man, I don't want to get burned and I was not making money. Right. But once I learned that it's, it's one of those things is I need to sit down with clients and get face to face so they can know me as a person, know I want them to succeed. And so my passion is small business. And that's really where my focus was. But like I just mentioned earlier, like I was attracting the wrong business, the startups. I needed to find the small businesses that knew that marketing was important. 
once I identified that and started sitting and putting myself in front of them, um, then, and I was putting myself in the front of the right people, then things started to happen for me. Right. And then the whole, the, the effect of word of mouth plugged in. So I was like, Hey man, I don't need to do any Google ads. I don't need to do any Facebook marketing. And to be honest with you, six figures last year are, are, you know, going into from 2019 to 2020 and brother, there hasn't been a single Google ad. You know, I mess around with Facebook ads a little bit, but outside of managing that stuff for my clients and learning that with, and, and, and making sure that I can hone stuff in for them, I really haven't done it for my specific digital marketing agency. That's very cool. So, I mean, like I've interviewed a couple of people who are, you know, in the SEO space. And the thing is that it's, it's tried and true. Facebook and, you know, Instagram ads and, you know, Google AdWords and things like that, the, those things change all the time. Yeah. Algorithms change, pricing changes right. to where it's not worth it anymore. So uh, that's, that's good that you figured that out and you just, you stayed in your lane and you kept going with it. For sure. Um, I can relate though, going back a little bit on the fake it till you make it though. I mean, that's, that's something that I've been guilty of in the past. You know, when, when you talk about having an entire digital marketing agency, it involves so much, yeah. uh, so many different products and opportunities. And, uh, I've, I've been involved in digital marketing, marketing agencies before our, our primary focus was video production, but yeah. you know, when somebody comes to you and says, Oh, I want to do some SEO and this, it's like, Oh, I know a little bit, you know? Yeah, we can do that. And then you get caught in that trap of, right. Oh, I really don't know it that well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but congratulations yeah. on hiring a virtual assistant. That was something I was going down the path of and, uh, starting lining up interviews when COVID hit. And yeah. so I wanted to see how that shook out first, but I'm glad to see that it's relieved a lot of stress off your plate because that's, you know, something that I need to do is I need to have yeah. somebody take care of some of those tasks, even though I do like looking at HTML code. Like that's, that's how I started my entrepreneurial <laughs> journey was reverse engineering HTML code so I could make yeah. websites. Yeah. Um, but you know what, there's a lot of those tasks that just aren't as much fun and they're not worth your time They're Yeah. You've got not so me. many other things to do. Yeah. Just, I mean, just like you, you just hit the nail on the head though, really. Right. One, we all have the same 24 hours in a day though. Right. And so when you break it down is like, are you the task that's at hand? Is it a money-making action? You know, like, are you actually selling? Is it something that, you know, you, you need to do now or can it wait? And those can it wait things can actually catch up with to you. Right. And they never right. get completed. So a lot of the stuff, if it wasn't a money-making action, and the funny thing is you mentioned COVID, right? And, and, and waiting to see what happens. I was like, you know what? I'm going to double down during COVID and hire the VA. I mean, I was like, you know, I lost 90% of my business from COVID. And even during that portion, I said, I'm going to double down and I don't care what happens, right? I'm going to see what happens. This is a perfect time to test the VA for me. And so I did it and it, it gave me plenty of time to sit there and set my and and do the expectation management and set those expectations for that VA what I wanted them to produce how many hours I needed of them during the week and when I'm getting 80 hours um, a month out of a VA or 160 hours a month out of a VA 
just imagine how much time that frees you up to produce and do other things that you need to actually do the money making actions. So, so you're not doing the social media posts. So you're not writing the content for you. You're just approving it man. you're reading over it and you're approving this stuff and, and you're giving them guidance and you're, you're linking up with them a few times during the week and checking their status and, and getting those status updates. Brother, I'm telling you, it, it took a load off of me. Now, now instead of working until midnight when my wife comes home, going down to eat dinner and everything, now I can actually spend time with my wife and kids and actually have that extra free time. Or instead, what I was doing is spending a little bit of time and then staying up till two to three o'clock in the morning still. Right. Right. Because I always felt like something needed to be done. But now I can cut off at the end of the day and not feel like something needs to be done. And so that's a huge burden off my shoulders, man. And, and I would challenge you, man, if you, if you have the funding or have the, 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 the want to do it, I would pull the trigger, brother. And, and I, I actually challenge anybody that's listening to this to do the same thing. That's awesome. I, I love your attitude about the whole thing of, you know what, this is the time I'm doubling down yeah. because now's the more, the more important time. Like you said, you lost 90% of your business. Now's the more important time to be focusing on those money making tasks. Right. So it, it absolutely makes sense to do it right now. Well, well so, look, look at, look at it this way though, man. I mean, I, I was blown away because a lot of my companies that I work with are small, small business, but I do have the larger, I do have a few larger companies that I work with that actually pay most of my bills. Right. And so I can afford to have lower costing services for my small businesses because that's where my passion is. Um, and so it's one of those things that I was just blown away that, you know, even when you look at it, I was like, continue to advertise during this time. I was like, but a lot of, I I wasn't trying to convince my clients, but I was telling them that I think it was a mistake, right? I I was like, yeah. So, so I'd really, like I was challenging them. I was like, you would still need to advertise during this time because the big dogs are still doing it, but all the small businesses are stopping. So Mm -hmm. I was like, and the cool thing is, is if they're stopping and you're continuing to get it, this is a perfect opportunity, a perfect chance to do that because who's in front of their computer? Literally everybody right now. Right. I mean, everybody's at home. Everybody's worried about this situation. They're trying to find out what the next sell, where they can buy something, what, where they can actually go to get out of the house. And I'm like, man, if you're stopping right now, unless you're like a restaurant, right? Where you're totally shut yeah. down, you can't do anything um, or whatever it was at the time. I understand. But I mean, some of these businesses that had an e-commerce businesses that I was managing, I'm like, what are you talking about? Stopping? I was like, just sell, just push online buying more, you know, it's like, yes, you have a brick and mortar, but this is a perfect opportunity to take advantage of actually implementing your e-commerce strategies and actually coming out on top of this thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, Ed Milet, but I was on a call with him just last night and I ended up recording a video because I was just so fired up about it because he was saying, you know, this is the ultimate time to separate yourself as a small business from other small businesses because a lot of people are taking that time to step back or they're not upgrading the customer experience. And that doesn't have to be a monetary thing. They just need to be more focused on their clients because if you gain 10% market share and your competitor drops 20% market share, that's a 30% difference, not a 10% difference. Exactly. Exactly. And, And I totally agree, right? That's, that was my whole mindset. You start looking at these things, you're like, oh, it was only 10%. But no, dude, it's 30. You know, I was like, yeah. 
it's, it's math. And, and, and again, don't, I got it until the world ends. You can't be scared of the situations that were dealt with. Yes. Nobody wants to die. Um, but I didn't really think it was such a make or break, um, time point in time for, for you to really stop. But I understood, right? Because everybody, I don't, I don't hold a grudge. Everybody can make their own decisions, right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. care what you specifically believe about COVID, what your theories are behind the whole situation, what you believe, how you live your life. I think everybody's entitled to that. And so, but at the time, man, losing 90% of my business, I had to actually had a pivot. And I was like, now what am I going to do? You know, so I had to go back, start building websites and focusing on that more, right? One-time transactions instead of monthly recurring transactions. Things that I can, okay, I can knock out this website. I can design this. I can actually um, help upgrade that website for, you know, little to nothing, but it was actually still keeping revenue coming in, which helped a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I understand. You know, a lot of those companies don't want those monthly transactions to happen, but you know what, you got to do what you got to do and you got to pivot. And you know what, I've seen a lot of pivot stories happen during this time and they're great. You know what, they're, they're going to be long lasting pivots. It's not going to be just something, oh, I just need to do this for now. It's, oh, this actually works really well and complements what I'm doing anyway. So let's keep this going. Because this is the Hustle of the Day podcast, I want to get your personal definition of the word hustle. Yeah, so this is this is cool that you asked this, and I li- I really like this, right? Because I, we are interviewing an individual from Bosnia on our show, Tom Labelt from uh, or Liebelt, Liebolt, I think I, I butcher his name every time. But but we we're interviewing him, right? And he he's he's done a million things, and he's not he was an awesome interview. And and he when I said, man, I love that you're out there hustling, he took it negatively and was like, I don't like that definition. But then when I explained it, he was like, okay. I like hustle, right? And it was like, <laughs> see, you just got to, you got to put it in the mi- right mind frame. And my definition of hustle is not, is not quitting and, and finding it out ways to continue to move forward and, and, and embracing as an entrepreneur, embracing the grind that we have to go through every day and making it happen, man, showing up and, 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 and doing the damn thing, right? And making sure that if you have a task at hand that you're completing it, and, and getting out there and loving every moment of it. And so that's what I've really truly embraced is hustle. It's not, hustle can have a negative connotation, right? We're not trying to hustle somebody out of money. We're not trying to hustle this or that. But at the end of the day, hustle as an entrepreneur is very important. And I think embracing the hustle and making things happen and not sitting around and waiting for something to, to, to do it for you, right? We're, I think, a lot of us go down the rabbit hole of the, sh- the shiny object syndrome. And we think we're going to find that one thing that we can just plug in and then everything magically happens. It doesn't exist. If it did, we'd all be doing it, man. Um, somebody on a YouTube video had already recorded it. And, and, and the mindset of Tom was, he was like, look, all of this, like everybody that's found success and has gotten to where they are today and they sell you on that, do not buy that course. And I've, and, and it made me chuckle because I was like, man, that's what we're all doing. We're all yeah. trying to make a dollar. We're all trying to sell our success so people will buy into us. But I really agree to the simple fact that we don't all wear the same shoes, right? We don't all have the same journey. We don't all have the same experiences. So just because I had the motivation and the processes in place for me to be successful 
doesn't mean, Trent, that if I've laid the framework that I'm doing currently for you, man, you know what I'm saying? Like you just invested in, in, in Clint's course, you know, you want to make it and do this, make it till you fake, fake it till you make it, whatever it is, the mentality, and then you do it and you don't, and you're not successful is a reason is a lot of people don't follow through the whole course. Like I buy it and it's not as easy as I thought it was, or man, he got a lucky break. They don't tell you any of that stuff, right? Being in the right place at the right time, hustling and, and actually putting yourself in front of somebody that can make a decision and actually cutting through the bullshit, excuse my French, but actually weeding that out and just coming through it and saying, look, I need to talk to the person that makes decisions. I'm not going to talk to this person or that person that has to go to the person that makes decisions. I'm the CEO or the founder or whatever you want to call me of my company. So I need to talk to the same person of that company. And if I can't talk to that person, I'm not doing business with them. And so that's the thing, man, is hustling, getting out there and not accepting. Um, I'm not saying don't accept the no's because my thing is when somebody says no, you just got to move on to the yes, right? Somebody out there wants what you have to put out. So get to that yes, hustle until you find it and make sure that you're putting yourself in the right position. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, the, a common recurrence when I ask that question is, you know what? Hustle means something different than five years ago. And right. I, I love that, you know, you brought up that experience of, you know, somebody who still had that negative connotation. I don't believe it has a negative connotation, obviously, uh, right. or else this wouldn't be the hustle of the day podcast. But um, it's also funny that you bring up Tom because I, I have spoken with Tom before. Awesome. Um, yeah, very, very interesting guy. And you know what, perfect timing to bring up the fact that, you know, you have your podcast, uh, that entrepreneur life. Uh, we have similar goals in our podcasts, you know, yeah. what, what started you down that path? So that, that's good, man. Like I've always wanted to. So I was doing a sports podcast initially uh, called the College Sports Hour. I was under the Heroes Media Group umbrella with Adam Bird. Um, and they didn't have a college, um, podcast at the time that was talking about college sports. So I was like, perfect opportunity because I love college sports. I was, I played baseball in college. Um, I'm a huge college football fan. I was like, man, that's perfect. I can get in this, get my feet wet with podcasting. I have no idea what I'm doing. I just started recording, man. I mean, I think again, the imposter syndrome of who am I or whatever it is, like, I don't have anything to talk about. I really think I embrace, um, not only the one-on-one conversations like we're having, but having that co-host on. Right. And that's why both of my podcasts have had co-hosts and everybody I've talked to are like, man, why are you doing that? I just think the the initial dialogue, it makes it tougher. It makes it more chaotic. It makes it like, wh- when can you get in, right? When can, what can you do without stepping on each other? Um, but what led me to that entrepreneurial life was meeting somebody locally, making a friendship with another entrepreneur that, that was my age and, and was, um, uh, he, he's an engineer, his name, Andrew, he's An- Andrew Lees, his, uh, he's my co-host. Um, we decided to partner up, man. Um, we've had fun ever since. Um, Andrew's a good guy. Um, he owns um, Grass Racks, which they build bamboo boards for like um, surfers and, you know, snowboarders. And, and so he has his own company there. He's an engineer by trade, um, owns Stoke Ventures. Um, me owning a digital marketing agency, now a, a construction company. We decided that, man, it was a good time to actually get on and talk about our experiences. Initially, that's how it came together, right? We just want to add value from as entrepreneurs to entrepreneurs to tell them about our journey. But then it was like the first five episodes, I believe we recorded were just me and him. 
We didn't know what the hell we were doing, right? He didn't have confidence at the time to even want to do it initially because he was like, I've never podcasted before, right? Um, And I was like, dude, I'm telling you, it's easy. Once you start doing it, you start getting used to your own voice, your internal dialogue. You know, you know what to talk about. You're a subject matter expert in all the fields that you're in. I was like, we'll have fun doing it. And we're talking about business, stuff we enjoy, stuff we're doing on a daily basis. And then he was like, he came over one day, we were just shooting the bull. And I was like, hey, but dude, let's, let's, let's push play, record. There you go. Let's go ahead and record this thing. And then he was like, all right, let's do it. And we just started talking. And so the first five episodes got his confidence up and mine and him, right? And, and then we were like, okay, let's do it. Let's add interviews into it now because that's where we naturally wanted to go. We didn't want to just be two um, dudes, two entrepreneurs, local dudes that nobody knows and, and, and whatever. But we wanted to bring entrepreneurs whether you're thriving, whether you're a local entrepreneur, whether you, we want to hear your struggle, right? We right. want people to relate to that. We want people to hear the success, the struggle, where your journey started, where it ends, um, and, and, and what the end goal is. And, and really, it's, it's bringing you on to give that one piece of advice to maybe that struggling entrepreneur, that thriving entrepreneur that, you know, again, is, came to a rough patch in his life or whatever it is, is to see and hear from other people and how they do it because we're not all the same, man. You know, we set our businesses up differently, whether you use a lawyer, whether you went to ink file, whether you went here. And it's just, it's it's interesting to hear what everybody goes through because it's so different, but then you can relate to the struggle because we all go through the struggle. And it's like, that's really what strikes the chord. It's like, it's, it's not all, um, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but as long as you embrace the hustle, embrace that entrepreneurial journey and know that because you reach one mountain peak, the journey doesn't end there, man. Right. right. There's a, you look up in the mountain, just keep, there's another mountain. You're like, okay. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, let's continue this journey and let me continue to figure out a way to get up there because it took everything in me to figure out how the hell to get up this mountain. But now let's tackle that one that's in front of us. So that's where it came about, brother. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, the, those mountains don't seem to end. <laughs> no, no. And, it, and if you do, man, I don't think you're a true entrepreneur, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's you just embrace the journey. Don't, don't, and I, we were talking to Sebastian Hernandez on our show, and it's like, you know, he had these principles of, of tapping into your inner self. And, but it's all about embracing the journey and don't worry about the destination. Just let, just let the de- destination come. Because it's like, it's like when you're a little kid are we there yet? Are we there yet? It's like, no, stop. You know, I have kids now and it's like, stop yeah. asking that question, you know? And, and, and cause you're so excited to get there, you get there and it's like, now what? Right. And so if you get there and you're like, now what, that's not a good thing. So as an entrepreneur, it's like, you get there and it's like, okay, what, what can I do to get up that? One? Because my journey has not ended. And if it ends, I don't, unless you retire and, and make a lot of money and you move off to an Island and you're just, you know, away from everybody enjoying life. I don't think the journey ends, man. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, Clint, this has been awesome. I, we have a lot of, a lot more similarities than we originally fleshed out, you know, talking prior to this. It's, it's really awesome to hear you and go talk about your struggles and, you know, some of those things that I can definitely relate to. Um, I don't want to take too much of your time though. So, you know, I'll give you a chance to, um, tell people where to find you, but I want to ask you one more question. What is it that excites you about the future, personal business, whatever the case? Oh man, I I just think what, what, what what I'm, man, and what I'm looking forward to 
is again embracing just continuing to embrace this journey i'm on man because it's from the highs and lows as an entrepreneur i've enjoyed it and like you mentioned earlier in the show there are days where it's like you you, you can't end soon enough <laughs> but i think but i think all the things that i've been through in my life um and just been around and it, like i told you off offline it, it hasn't always been you know the greatest journey right from when i was younger to now but at the end of the day man it, it's just not what letting one thing define me as an individual through the things i've been through and we can talk about that another time and um and just continue to move forward i mean that's really where it's at brother yeah that's awesome so where can everybody find more information about you so yeah, before I say that, man, I want to I want to thank you for bringing me on. I've I've had a blast. But where they can find me, right? If if you need digital marketing services, you can look me up at mcphersonmarketing.com. If if you are a podcaster or an entrepreneur that is looking to be on a podcast or like listen to podcasts, especially entrepreneurial podcasts, check us out at thatentrepreneurlife.com. I believe you said that earlier. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn and all the socials. So man, uh, Clint McPherson. So appreciate Very you, brother. Cool. Yeah, I'll make sure to include links in the show description. Again, thank you. I appreciate the time that you took, but I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to take this and get out there and hustle the day. Thanks for listening to the Hustle the Day podcast all the way through. I really appreciate that. I just want to let you know that I help small businesses with their online strategy. So if you or anyone that you know needs help with their online strategy and owns a small business, I'm your guy. Go ahead and connect with me at Trent V. Bray on Instagram or TrentVBray.com.